Hey, uh, Steve, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Should I start this interview with uh, Experience Regina? <laughs> you know what's funny? I've never actually heard the entire song. Really? Be the only guy here who's never heard it. Nope. Wow. I don't know okay. why. I, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to rock out to Experience Regina, I got no problem with it. All right, here it goes. with around 200,000 people and a devotion to ecology that has resulted in a system of over 100 parks. City Hall is part of a cluster of modern buildings in the downtown area. It's a highly livable city that pulses with the energy of dynamic business leaders. Museums like the Regina Plains Museum preserve and interpret the cultural, social and economic development of the area. So <laughs> the voice that you heard from earlier, uh, this is episode, well, I haven't even looked at what episode number this is. I'll look at me go. <laughs> We're talking, of course, with uh, Steve from Piffle's podcast about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm having a great time. How are you doing? Not too bad. I know uh, big, uh, big times uh, in Regina right now. Uh, I know it's not really the best uh, part to uh, start a football podcast but i gotta ask you what was the atmosphere like over the weekend at uh, new mosaic stadium you know what i i part of me regrets not uh, not splurging out and getting tickets to the the heritage classic on on saturday but uh from all accounts everything i've heard everything went off without a hitch the city put on a great show um everybody i've heard that's come that came to regina for for the event had a blast uh, I actually took in the the Prairie Classic, the the Pats Hitman game on the Sunday, and even that was was amazing. I mean, outdoor hockey's a bucket list for a lot of sports fans, and that includes me. So getting to check that off was uh, was was unreal. Oh, and I'm glad to hear that. Uh, as some of our listeners who, and again, I apologize if you've had to listen to more than two episodes of our podcast, but uh, um, I, I did vow that uh, I would uh, go to the game in uh, Regina, and unfortunately that uh, <laughs> obviously didn't happen. But uh, uh, understandably, when, when uh, family uh, uh, events happen, i.e. Uh, <laughs> having children, uh, kind of understandable that... Uh, that can't happen, but uh, I'm glad that everybody had fun. Um, 
I don't know if a lot of people remember this from a few years ago. Um, Hamilton, before Ivor Wynn got knocked down, did have an outdoor hockey game with the American Hockey League, and uh, it went pretty bad. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, it was, it was weather-related, that's why. Ah. Yeah. And it, we had perfect weather here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I watched it at home from the comfort of my warm living room. <laughs> I feel like every outdoor hockey game, Winter Classic, whatever they call them down south, you have to get that little bit of a snow globe snowfall. Oh, it just sure. makes, I mean, I'm a Penguins fan, so my first memory of an outdoor game was the Buffalo versus Penguins Crosby with the, the shootout goal and that little snowfall, just enough that it looks like Christmas. Yeah. It was, it, uh, and we got that. Well, I'm, I'm never going to forget that one. I just happened to be uh, visiting a family friend in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, and I was uh, literally watching the game, and if I shifted my eyes to the left, all I could see was beach. <laughs> <laughs> So that, a lot of my friends, right <laughs> a lot of my friends in Buffalo really enjoyed hearing that when I got home. <laughs> uh, so we are talking with uh, Steve from Piffles Podcast. Uh, this is episode forty-five of the uh, Three Ghosts No Way Four Ghosts Podcast, the Steve Bernier edition of the podcast. And uh, uh, Steve, you are one third of the Piffles Podcast. Uh, so uh, obviously a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. Um, Again, we talked to Cliffy D. Pine about this uh, a few episodes ago. Um, if it weren't for the Montreal Alouettes, as a Tiger Cats fan, having the phenomenal season that we're continuing to have, if it wasn't for the Montreal Alouettes, I would declare Saskatchewan as being the feel-good story of the year. However, unfortunately, I have to declare Montreal as the feel-good story. Um, would that be a pretty accurate statement, uh, would you say? I mean, depends on when on when you look back. If you're looking back from January when we had Chris Jones as a head coach, GM, water boy, every other football <laughs> that we have, there was there was a ton of hope going into the season. And then he quit. Yeah. And we all expected fourth place, fifth place, because we were picking the bottom of the barrel. We had to do an internal hiring. And we had to go after Craig Dickinson, who's never been a head coach and has never really been on in, in the running for a head coaching job. And then the wins started happening. But how do you not pick the, the story out of Montreal? I mean, yeah. we thought we were bad with having a head coach gone in the offseason. <laughs> they, they lost theirs before the before week one. Exactly. And turned that dumpster fire into a, a solid football team who, in my opinion, has a legitimate shot at making the Great Cup. Absolutely. Um, again, you see when, when you're, you're – favorite team plays them or you watch just any of the games the crowds have been getting bigger but most importantly as cliffy d said the crowds have been getting louder and that's something that shows that there is a hundred percent still an interest in this uh in, in in this market and you know people seem to forget you know that this is a team that in training camp had a brand spanking new coach uh, not even not even in training camp. They made it through camp, if I remember correctly. Wasn't wow. wasn't uh, Kahari installed just before the regular season? I thought it, it was, was after the, the preseason. Yeah, it was super tight. It was super tight. But again, um, amazing stuff happening there. And again, I got to be a little careful. They're an Eastern Division team, but um, <laughs> but let, let's talk about your your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So. Um, 
and again, I'm going to be extre- I'm going to handle this one with kit gloves because I am a Tiger Cats fan. So uh, the first game of the season, uh, you guys are on the road in Hamilton, and uh, the what? G- give me your opinion. What was Rider fans' expectations with um, in the quarterback position? It was pretty <laughs> not good, was it, at the beginning of the season? Oh, not at all. I mean, we had we had uh, Zach Caleros, who is is going to spend the rest of his career one hit away from a retirement. It's just yeah. the the reality of it now. Yeah. I mean, he had was it four either four or five concussions in 2018. Yeah. You, you got to respect him for uh, for his desire to come back, but that's that's a concern. I mean, he was getting significantly worse with each one. He had missed, I want to say, six games last year. You know, we we were concerned, and then behind him we had. Isaac Harker, who lit it up in training camp, looked good as a prospect, but was still a rookie. And some random third-string quarterback out of, out of Toronto and BC in Cody Fajardo. There was no faith in in the quarterback spot when when the season opened. Yeah. Especially not at the uh, at the backup spot. Exactly. And and again, for me personally, um, the, the player in question, I'm not going to mention his name, um, but it's it's a tough one i uh, i know a lot of people that know him personally um but you know what it was a dirty hit and you know again we we love zach still here in hamilton he gave us many good years here um but it's just amazing how uh that one injury kind of sets off a chain reaction and and leads to saskatchewan just putting together just a phenomenal 2019 season you never want to see a guy go like lose his job to to injury, and especially a guy who was good in the community like Zach Claros. I mean, he's been loved everywhere he goes. He'll be loved in Winnipeg for whatever couple weeks he's there. And, <laughs> but the 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 fact of the matter is that that hit was the best thing to happen to the Rough Riders, and you can't really argue it. And it sucks to say it. I mean, you, you feel bad looking back and not celebrating a hit, but you know, taking satisfaction from the outcome i guess exactly and and it's one of those things too it's it's a teachable moment for the league at that point um because again the hope was this would kind of be the blueprint for how uh protecting quarterbacks would go um going forward now uh one of the things that um has happened in in the league as a whole is is we haven't seen a lot of uh protecting uh quarterbacks because all of them have gone down this year. Um, but really, uh, boy, I don't even know how to go with the, with phrasing this question because um, how, how has this played into Saskatchewan's um, advantage with all the quarterbacks going down this year? Well, I mean, as a, as a fan, I always want to see best on best. But if you're lining up hoping for a victory and you have to choose between facing Nick Arbuckle or Bo Levi Mitchell or... Logan Kilgore or Trevor Harris, you know, odds are always going to be better against that backup. And seeing seven or eight guys go down, well, I guess all nine starting quarterbacks go down for length for long periods of time over the course of the season, you know, as a writer fan, I guess it's okay. <laughs> you know, our, our starter by proxy has survived, knock on wood, you know, since the <laughs> third play third play of the season, but. You know, you never want to see that, but of course, playing those guys is going to be beneficial to uh, to your win loss record. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. 
Um, now, going into the season, as you were saying, I, I kind of felt the same way with the Riders. Uh, they might be a crossover team at best. Um, in the off offseason, uh, you guys did go out and uh, bring in a fantastic running back uh, in free agency. Uh, what has he meant to the team uh, so far this year? Oh, he's been he's been an absolute beast in the backfield. And when you combine him with a uh, with the the lightning of uh, of Marcus Thigpen, it actually gives us a legitimate one two punch out of the backfield. I mean, we haven't really had that solid, you know, bruising running back who can also make guys miss. To me, he he was far and away, you know, when we look back, maybe not, but <laughs> at the start of the season, he was the number one uh, off season pickup. Oh, for sure. He solidified a spot that we saw. I mean, we brought in Trent Richardson uh, <laughs> a couple of years back. That's where we were at, at the running back spot. And no no offense to Trent Richardson. He did great in his time here. But that's how far we were reaching. And to, to go out and pick up a guy like William Powell made all the difference. And it's weird because seeing Trent Richardson in the very short-lived uh, Alliance of American Football, uh, did he even start a game in, in that? I, I honestly, uh, yeah, he, I don't know if, he, yeah, he did because he, uh, okay. he got uh, a couple of touchdowns down there. Yeah. But I know he, uh, he went undrafted in the XFL draft recently too. Wow. Which, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really surprise me. He's a year and a half out of football and we all look and see what he did in the NFL. He, he's nothing but a name down there now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I hope to see him get a shot, but I mean, that, that's where we were. So, it's kind of a, a 180 uh, flip to go from you know picking up whoever we could get to uh, carry the ball to, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it was as a Tiger Cats fan, uh, <laughs> it's been interesting seeing uh, him have all the success in Saskatchewan and seeing one of their leading receivers and their quarterback go to Edmonton and just the unbelievable uh, situation that uh, has kind of presented itself in Ottawa this season. It's been very difficult to watch if you're a Red Blacks fan, hasn't it? I mean, I, I, I have a hard time feeling any kind of sorry for, for Ottawa Red Blacks fans. They, they, they've had some pretty good luck through the first their first what six years in their existence, three Grey Cup births and uh, and a title. There's there's a lot of fans in uh, Winnipeg and I'm sorry Hamilton who would love that success over over that period. I mean, well we we but, know we know. <laughs> But again, it, it's it was amazing to think about. Um, last week, I, I took my son uh, to his first CFL game, and uh, it happened to be against the Ottawa Red Blacks. My first um, my first uh, game also happened to be against the Ottawa Rough Riders. Um, it's amazing to think that that team, that city, had gone without a championship since 1975. Like <laughs> that's got to make Blue Bombers fans maybe feel a little better, right? I hope not. <laughs> well, the rivalry is real with this one. Oh, you know it. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk about a little bit more about um, how uh, the West has kind of uh, uh, looked this year. So, again, we, we know it's definitely a harder schedule uh, for a Western team uh, versus an Eastern team. So how have the riders been faring so far this year against uh, the best of the West? You know, you know what, outside of uh, 
the the two losses to Calgary, uh, we have a a winning record or better against the rest of the West. We were three and zero against BC, one and zero right now against Edmonton. I don't know how they scheduled us to play. We didn't play Edmonton once until the second last week of the season. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, one of those little quirks that you that you get every year. There's always at least one weird anomaly. I wouldn't be the CFL I, without it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we've fared fairly well. We're we're sitting at twelve and five, and you know, three of our losses have been out west. In uh, what would it be? You know, the nine games we played. So we're six and three against the West. Yeah. And and four and three or six and one against teams not named Calgary. <laughs> well, again, as a Tiger Cats fan, we don't like to talk too much about Calgary, <laughs> and we really one day they fall, <laughs> and we really don't want to talk about 2015 either. <laughs> oh, sorry, fair. I think I think I think everybody out here would have been rooting uh, for Hamilton. Well, that that's for sure too. That's for sure. Um, so now we're basically at the end of the season here, and uh, Saskatchewan have now clinched uh, tops in the West. Um, I was quite surprised to learn that the Riders have not, just like Hamilton, have not hosted uh, the, uh, a final in the conference as many times as people think they have. Oh, man, I was looking it up because I, I know it's not common. I mean, I know, and I always I always shock myself when I look at the number. Since 1971, we have hosted twice. That's nuts. 1976 and 2009. And both of those Grey Cups ended in uh, disaster for Saskatchewan in, in memories that will live live on in their fans forever. So you know, <laughs> that, that first place spot seems to be a bit of a curse for us that we're, we're glad doesn't come along very often. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I mean... In Hamilton, we're just assuming that we're going to be playing Montreal because it seems like every time we have an East final, we end up playing Montreal. So, again, sorry, Edmonton. It doesn't look like you're moving on. I can't see Edmonton beating Montreal. That's that's a tough t- place to play, and it looks like that's going to be a sellout. Oh, for sure. That, that's not a place I would want to go to to uh, to try and win one of those dreaded East Coast games. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so having said that, um, I'm going to ask a couple quick questions that I've asked to everybody. Uh, we've kind of answered the question already, but um, what is one thing so far in this CFL season that you've enjoyed? And what's one thing that you haven't enjoyed about the season so far? Oh, well, I think I think the obvious thing that I've that I've really enjoyed uh, has been the, the the coming out party for, for Cody Pajardo. I mean, it, it's great to watch a guy who by all accounts is that genuine good guy. Like if you ever listen to him speak or, or if you ever see him out, he is that guy that, that you want all athletes to be just that friendly, welcoming, uh, kind in the community. And then to see what he's doing on the field, it's just, that's, that's been far and away, uh, the number one thing. And then we had our, our connection with him, uh, through our uh, charity t-shirts, the Jesus Sprinkles t-shirts, <laughs> his response to that has been phenomenal. Like again, we're just we're just a small podcast run by a couple of fans. He had no reason to say yes to to compare with us on this on this uh, endeavor, and it was instant yes, and he's been on board the whole way. So he's just he's just that kind of guy. Like he's just that that you know that good natured dude that you really want to see do well. 
yeah. on the flip side, the the thing I really hate or have disliked so far this year, and you kind of touched on it, has been the uh, the lack of protection. Yeah, we saw saw the hit that opened up the season, the yep. Simone on on Zach Caleros and the two game suspension, and I thought the league handled it great. Yeah, and it gave me a lot of hope that that we were going to start seeing that that push for for harsher penalties that would eventually lead to actual change but it never did it never materialized the the league i don't know if they got soft on it because they got a bit of backlash after the two game suspension but there's been so many hits that are suspendable that have gone un- uncalled or unsuspended we've seen fines but those yeah. don't do anything we know that we've seen it time and again fines do nothing you need you know you need to send a message and they sent one and it seemed to hit well and then they stopped yeah, and I think the one that you're referring to is the one a couple weeks ago with Chris Rainey uh, absolutely leveling uh, that Ottawa Red Blacks player. Um, again, it, it it's a tough one because both teams were not making the playoffs. I understand that. But again, as, as we assume with, with uh, the Simone Lawrence suspension, as you were saying, that, okay, this is what the league is going to say now is going to be, you know, the, the gold standard here. And we witnessed a hit that was worse than uh, the hit uh, that Simone laid on Zach Caleros and the league just gave him a maximum suspension. Do you think that there's a possibility maybe the players union was kind of getting involved after Simone? I, I mean, we know that the, the players union pushed for uh, um, the appeal on that, on that suspension, but there, there's no doubt in my mind that that hit by Rainey was, was far worse than, than Simone's hit. Yeah. Like it's not even close. Yeah. And, and I get it, the whole argument that he doesn't hit people regularly, he doesn't practice tackling uh, because he never has to, but that's no excuse. He led full bore with his head, going going full speed, launching himself like a spear. Like that That's exactly the kind of hit that should have caused a lengthy suspension, and instead he was back playing the next week. I have yeah. to hope there's some reason for why they're doing this, but it's just led to uh, a lot of anger, and especially a lot of anger in Hamilton, because... Their guy got that the that what do you call it? Like they sent that <laughs> message to him. Yeah. And then decided to close the book and go back to what was work was not working before. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't blame Ticats fans for being angry at at CFL ops for uh for how they've responded since. Yeah. I mean, well Simone's it... been a face of the league for so long and he got when you look back now, he got the short end of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, it, it's it's tough. You know, we we do love him here. Um, again, I I, I can only uh, hope that at the end of the day, that the player that was impacted is going to be okay. And um, it's funny, I, I've asked this question several times uh, over the last few episodes, and um, one of the things that I can kind of add to the things that I've enjoyed was seeing uh, Caleros go out uh, with the Bombers and uh, play a phenomenal game, just showing us that, you know, the things that Saskatchewan and, and Hamilton and, and to a lesser extent Argo fans saw all those uh, years ago when he had just an absolute cannon of an arm and just see that, you know, he was, he was playing again. But again, as we've said already, you know, you definitely feel for the guy like, you got to hope that he gets that protection because if he gets hit, like he he could be done permanently. 
And, and I hate to say it, but I was really glad that he took a hard shot uh, this weekend and, and bounced right back up because everybody was, was holding their breath that whole game until he took that shot. Because yeah. you wondered, would, would the next hit be it? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I love the big joke going around Saskatchewan right now was uh, we always knew back in February that our, our uh, hope for first place in the, in the West would rely solely on the arm of Zach Caleros. <laughs> I mean... I, I have it, heard that one. <laughs> like, we, we predicted it, maybe not how it turned out, but here we are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Um, it's kind of old news now. Um, are, are you personally going to go to the Grey Cup this year? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I missed last year because, uh, like you said, kids, uh, kids wreak havoc, and my wife was due uh, around Grey Cup last year, so, we, uh, uh, so I didn't, uh, didn't end up going. I wasn't missing it again this year. Yeah. Calgary puts on a heck of a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Calgary is this year. Um, we already know the halftime show is going to be Keith Urban. Now, <laughs> if if you were the powers that be, uh, would you want to have someone different as the halftime show? You, you know what? For uh, I mean, personally, I would. I'm not a big Keith Urban fan, but I think they absolutely knocked that one out of the park for for the market for the quality and to to announce that on the same day as the nfl announced uh uh, j-lo and shakira and i was more impressed with the cfl's announcement tells you how i think they did yep i would fully agree with that statement and um it's interesting a lot of people may or may not know uh when tim horton's field opened uh the first musical act we we can't (laughs) we can't have a ton of uh, musical acts uh due to pink floyd in 1975 at eye for win uh because of the location of tim horton's field but uh keith urban was the first um musical act to uh play tim horton's field and at the time I, i had the same thing going through my mind i'm like why would they pick him but at the end of the day the same thing happened i'm like Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, okay, we can go with that. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll trade you. Our first act at uh, at the new Mosaic Stadium was Brian Adams. Oh yeah, that's so, true. I'd take Keith, I'd take Keith Urban over that. That's uh, I mean, he's one of the biggest names in music right now. That that is and true. has been for the better part of a decade. So that's uh, that's a pretty big get. That tells you where the CFL is trying to aim. They're not the little little guy to the nfl anymore they're trying to aim big well and exactly and and it's interesting um we're going to talk about uh the great cup next year coming to saskatchewan but um just a side note um a lot of people are are assuming that for 2021 uh the arkells are going to be the halftime uh music but there's a lot of people talking not just in hamilton but across canada saying the arkells might not be big enough now after landing keith urban this year I mean, it, that's not really wrong, but yeah. I think there—I think there's no doubt that 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 has to be the act. They're still a pretty big name in music. They're not Keith Urban around the world big, but they're they're still North American huge. I, I think that's uh, that'll be a good, pretty good show. Uh, so let, let's talk about uh, Grey Cup 2020. So um, again, there's we can go super far back as to all the connections that uh, Regina and uh, the Hamilton area have with one another. And it's astonishing how many 
connections there are. Uh, but one very important one this year was uh, both teams have the newest stadiums in the league, and both were up for Grey Cups, and uh, both were rewarded Grey Cups. Uh, you guys, of course, will be a year before us, which, looking back, it, it was 100% the correct move uh, by the league. Um, how are you guys uh, getting ready for uh, Grey Cup next year? You know what? There's there's not a lot of uh, news coming out right now. I mean, we saw a bit of what they're planning for. Everything's going to be uh, in the, the Brandt Centre or the Everest Place, I guess it's now, uh, right behind the stadium. So they're going to do what they did in 2013, but bigger and better. There's not really a lot going on yet. Okay. It's still early. I mean, you don't really start seeing the the Grey Cup planning and uh, the the go until that year starts like till, till around June July 2019 when you start to see the big plans start to come out well that's fair I know here there's just been such an itch because it's been so long since we've had it that that's what you know you, you go to the games and you know you see people that you see every week and it's like you just talk to each other like how how big is this going to be um, it's just that that's the kind of a- atmosphere that we're having uh, here in the Hamilton area. And there's a lot of people, uh, I guess Warren Moon, one of them, uh, think that uh, this Hamilton Grey Cup is going to be weak and people won't want to go. But I know there's a lot of people, uh, myself, Josh Smith, um, we just can't wait to show off uh, the new Hamilton that people haven't seen since potentially 1996. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm lucky. I, I went out east and did a, a three games in three days trip a couple years back when uh, not long after the stadium opened. I love that stadium. The fans, I, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for, for Hamilton. I mean, if the Riders don't win, I have no issues cheering cheering on Hamilton, especially if they're against Calgary. That's, that's <laughs> always easy. <clears throat> I have no doubts that you guys are going to put on a hell of a show. Yeah. They've, like you said, it's been how long? Was it, was it 96? Was that the last Grey Cup? 96. And it, it, it was yeah. funny, again, um, uh, not not to kind of sidetrack away from the conversation, but um, I, I like to keep stuff, you know, from like my first this, that, or the other, and some of my old sports stuff. And I found uh, the first program to the first game that I, I went to, and that was, uh, yeah, all, all the merchandise was in there in the program saying, get your 1996 Grey Cup merch, the old uh, <laughs> starter jackets. Remember those? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I still got a penguins one kicking around somewhere. Oh, I remember the penguin one. I remember the penguin one, but uh, I'm sure that the uh, rider one was that just bright green, and everybody uh, in Saskatchewan probably had one of those. Oh, oh, of course, they were all the rage back in the '90s. <laughs> oh, big time, big time. But it, uh, it honestly, it's a travesty to me that that the Grey Cup hasn't been out there. I mean, I know Toronto gets it regularly, and we see it out in Ontario, but. Hamilton fans are are their own breed. They they deserve this. They have waited way too long. Yeah, but and it, I coming out and I could not be more excited. In some respects, though, it it was it needed to be earned because uh, Hamilton is one of the grittier cities in in Canada, and uh, you know you talk about um, you know our old stadium was was not in great shape. Um, we've addressed it uh, kind of in, again, another very CFL way. Let's just knock down the stadium. Uh, we'll play a year in a different place, and then we'll just build it where it was. Um, but again, uh, 
we, we definitely needed the extra year. You can tell with the planning that's going into this that um, they want to make sure they get it done right. And, uh, again, time, time will tell. But um, Yeah, you kind of get one shot to, to show, you, show the rest of the CFL that you guys deserve a Grey Cup, which to me is ridiculous. But it, 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 it's true at this point. It's been so long that you got to show that you, can, that you can handle what the Grey Cup has become. Oh, exactly, exactly. I have no doubts that they will. I mean, I'm glad that they did it in the order that they did because I want everything in Hamilton to go off without a hitch. Yeah, and and, and it will too, especially after uh, the 2015 Pan Am Games uh, soccer uh, events were there, and it uh, they they learned a lot of of uh, ways to get people into and out of the stadium. And uh, again, we can't wait to show uh, everybody uh, a good time in uh, 2021. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, before we go to our last, uh, uh, segment, um, uh, I want to share a quick story with everybody. So, uh, speaking of when, uh, Ivor Wynn was knocked down and, and, uh, Tim Horton's field was built, um, back in the year 2013, uh, the team played its entire season in Guelph and, uh, my dad gave me tickets. We, we kept our season tickets to lock in at a lower price for the next year, but, um, uh, I did go with my dad to two games, and uh, Steve, both of the scores you're going to appreciate. <laughs> um, now, keep in mind, this was uh, the last, uh, second last year, last year, I think it was this, the last year before Ottawa came back into the league, so um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were still in uh, the East, so we played them in a uh, exhibition game. And uh, the coach decided to pull all the starters out of the game and only run second and third stringers. Uh, the final score of the Hamilton-Winnipeg game was 55 to nothing. For Hamilton? For Hamilton. I like that. I, I had a feeling yeah. you would. I want to see more <laughs> from uh, Winnipeg opponents. <laughs> um, the second one uh, is, again, another thing that you're going to appreciate. So this, actually, yeah, it was 2013. So that was the year. Uh, that Hamilton and Saskatchewan played the Grey Cup uh, at uh, the old Taylor Field. And uh, the game I got to go to was against Saskatchewan. And I, I've been to a few over the years. Um, the year that the Tiger Cats only won one game all season, I was at the game, and uh, the Tiger Cats played so poorly, we left uh, in the third quarter, <laughs> which is the first time I've ever left the game early. But um, so the story goes... Um, we sat on the temporary side at uh, the stadium and uh, I got into Guelph and it was at the university and it was just amazing seeing people that had to walk several blocks to this university uh, wearing their rider gear and literally the city of Guelph, which at the time, I think they were three games into the season at that point. Uh, how much uh, everyone from Saskatchewan was able to find Guelph on the map and just came in there. The stadium sat about, I don't think it was 20,000, but you could tell almost half of the stadium were Ryder fans, and they were loud and they were proud, and wow, it was like a Ryder home game for sure. <laughs> I, I love going to rider games on the road. You you will you usually run into a lot of the same people, which is insane to me, considering how many people go and 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 whatnot. But it's usually it's not quite that big usually, but uh, you, you always feel kind of at home uh, wearing green on the road. Oh, for sure. I can only imagine that. Um, 
now I've never been to uh, Regina, unfortunately. Uh, just as a side note for everybody, uh, what would a visiting team fan uh, feel like if they went to a Ryder game in Regina in the visiting team's uh, colors? You know what? They're, you're always going to find a few jerks. You're always <laughs> going to run into a couple of them. There's there's some in every every fan base. I've had it going elsewhere, and you'll 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 get a few of them in Regina. But for the most part, I mean, we're we're a, I don't want to say big city, but we're an average sized <laughs> city with a small town feel. Yeah. You know, between from the moment the whistle starts till the game ends, yeah, we're enemies, and you'll get some bickering and some some arguing. But for the most part. You'll, you'll get treated fairly well. I, you know, and if somebody gets out of line, there's usually about 10 fans around them trying to put them back in their place because uh, we, we, want, we want people to have a good time. You know, when you come to our house, we want to make sure that you, you leave happy. Maybe not with the score, but with your experience. <laughs> and as long as you're not a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, even them, I want them to have fun. I hope they go home miserable. Because they have to go back to Winnipeg, but oh. you know, oh, oh well, that's okay. You know what? Um, I, I'm sure this is the few Bomber fans before. Um, getting back to when um Winnipeg was in the East, um, it just seemed like Hamilton played Winnipeg a lot, and it seemed like Winnipeg got the better of us. And and it, it felt like when I was growing up, there's always a pretty good rivalry with Winnipeg. But now that they're back in the West where they belong, uh, there's people can come to Tim Hortons field and they're blue and everyone's actually quite nice to them. Well, you can, you can give them a little bit harder, harder of a time. I'd be oh, okay with that. Okay. For you, I will next time. <laughs> there we go. Alrighty. Um, so we're going to go into our next, uh, last segment. Um, so Steve growing up, how much, uh, CBC did you uh, consume in the household? <laughs> you know what? I, I used to love watching CFL on CBC. I, I, I miss those days. Yeah. And, and you know what? It was a whole different setup. Yeah. And and the tough thing is going to be, too, like like uh, coming in this year, um, you know, my son might be born during the Grey Cup as well. And I don't think the hospital is going to have TSN because <laughs> that would cost money. Oh, see, and that, that's why they need to have the Grey Cup on uh, down on CTV where where everybody can get to it. The NFL is smart having having their showcase you know, down on the regular channels, having it on an exclusive channel, you're cutting off viewers. Oh, for sure. For sure. I've always, I've always been bugged by that. Yeah. I don't know why. One of those little pet peeves that, uh, you keep hoping they'll change, but at least they do, they do the TSN go, uh, and, and whatnot to watch the games now, but still put it on CTV. Oh, I fully agree with that one. Um, so on the CBC back in the day, did you ever watch on the road again with, uh, Wayne Rodstad? You know what? I didn't. Aww. Stories of the people across the land. Here we are on the road again. Oh, that's okay. Wayne Rodstad's an interesting guy. Uh, I didn't realize he was. He did the show for twenty years. And uh, like he'd go all over Canada. He he flew his own plane, and you know he'd go to different places like Miramichi, New Brunswick, or uh, you know Kimberley, British Columbia, and and he'd he'd fly there and he'd talk to you know a lawyer that you know he uh, 
takes uh, shells he finds on the beach and he uh, puts them in cement and he sells his wares at a farmer's market. It's just really cool stories like that. So it's stuff like that that made me create this uh, segment called On the Road Again. So I got 10 questions. Uh, Again, we've had people from Toronto and Montreal on here. Uh, So Regina will be an interesting one. So uh, the first question, Steve, where is the city of Regina located geographically? Right smack dab in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) No, right right in the middle of the country. So is it almost like uh, corner gas styles? Feels that way. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That's uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. Hands down is corner gas. (laughs) It's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, Number two. Um, how big is the city of Regina? And I'm going to go with uh, population-wise. You know what? I I, uh, I knew this back in the day. I want to say we're about 250, 270,000 people. Okay. Okay. So we're getting up there. You know. Oh, yeah, that's true. We might see 300,000 before I die. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, question number three: Are there any post-secondary institutions in Regina? Ah, there's a few. There's the uh, University of Regina. Uh, home of the Rams, and then there's uh, the SIAST, which is uh, oh no, there's something else now. What are they called now? Uh, Sask Polytechnic, which is just a, a trade school. Yeah, yeah. Are the two. Okay. Uh, question number four. What is the city of Regina most known for on an international stage? Oh, geez. On an international st- You know what? The, the biggest story that I ever remember coming out of Regina was the, uh, uh, the the gas jockey named Dick Assman? Whoa! And, sorry for the bad language, but uh, yeah, he okay. uh, he was he was just a random random guy working at uh, uh, one of the petro gas stations in in Regina, and his name got out there, <laughs> and he was on all of the major talk shows, and he was the big thing for, you know, the better part of a couple of months back when I was younger. And it was just such a random. I mean, Regina doesn't get known for good things. We get known for weird things. <laughs> if I have to pick something else, although I don't know if it's Regina, I think they're from Saskatoon. But the Sheepdogs, okay, uh, winning the uh, the cover of the Rolling Stone contest a few years back was uh, was pretty big news in Saskatchewan. Yes, and they killed it at the outdoor game on Saturday, uh, the Winnipeg Jets versus the Calgary uh, Flames. Um, they're a band, their first, uh, public, uh, concert after they won that was supposed to be in nearby Ancaster, which is part of Hamilton. And, uh, they were supposed to open for City in Color, uh, a concert, which I was going to go to with my, uh, uh, then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, however, she got into a car accident and, uh, that ended up being a blessing in disguise because apparently the area they had the free concert, uh, there was way too many people for the place, and uh, yeah, there was some some pretty big uh, incidents there. So, uh, kind of a, a blessing in disguise, but a uh, band I've still never seen live, unfortunately. It, it's kind of funny you mentioned the the Winter Classic. I was talking to a friend of mine who didn't watch it uh, oh. when we were sitting at the Prairie Classic, and I said, "He goes, I said, I bet you I can get you to guess who the two major uh, intermission acts were." And he goes, "Okay." I said, one hint, the game was in Saskatchewan. He <laughs> Jess Moskaluk and the Sheepdogs. I said, you got you got a dead on. Yeah. That's, that's the two biggest acts right now, and they are everywhere. 
Oh, big time. But it was just funny. He didn't he didn't need any extra hints. He didn't need any uh, like time. It was those those were his two guesses. It was uh, I, I I thought that was kind of entertaining. And the city of Regina is also the city that rhymes with fun. <laughs> the the joke that every musician and act that comes through here tells, thinking they're the first ones. Oh, I can only imagine. And then of course the <laughs> sheepdogs are like, nope, nope, not playing that one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, you're gonna like this one. Question number five: How many Tim Hortons are in Regina? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I feel like one for every thirty people. Wow. Hey. That's, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> there's probably there's probably one two. I, I would say 15, and I feel like I'm guessing really low. Okay. No, that's that's fair. I, I know here in the in the city that I live in, I live in the city of Welland, uh, we have, I believe, eight for a population of 50,000. So. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly they pop up. Oh. And they're always busy, every one of them. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I think I'm way off. I'm, I'm going to guess closer to about 30. Okay. I, I'm starting to do a couple of the areas in my head where there's four or five. There's yeah. got to be at least 25, 30. Yeah, and look. again, some Serious. SO stations might have one, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's going to skew cheese. the data. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick to standalones. Oh, okay, that's probably fair. Um, okay, so question number six. And uh, I, 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 I do like my food, and I know you guys out in Saskatchewan have some good good food. Uh, which is Which food dish is a staple in Regina? Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think if we really have one. I, I don't know that we really have a, a dish that that screams Regina that you that you have to have when you come through here. Okay. We have a ton of good places to eat. Okay. But I can't think of one meal or one type of food that comes to mind. I know I'm, I'm sure anybody from Regina is going to listen to this and yell at me for not <laughs> guessing. That's going to be in ten minutes. Yeah, that's okay. But well, I, I, I really can't think of one. I, I know one one big one uh, that uh, we had for dinner here is uh, pierogies. Or is See, that more of a Saskatoon thing? I'm I'm an embarrassed Ukrainian right now that I didn't immediately think of pierogies. <laughs> but that that's okay. There's a very large uh, Polish population uh, over in Buffalo, and uh, one of my coworkers uh, married uh, from Buffalo, and uh, he went to one of their uh, church dinners, uh, pierogi dinner, and he asked where the sour cream was, and uh, everybody thought he was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to eat them plain with a little bit of butter, a little bit of onions, and power through thirty of them. That's that's supper. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so that kind of uh, brings me up to question number seven. So, outside of fast food, uh, what dining establishment is a fixture in the city of Regina? Ooh, dining establishment. I gotta think about this. Hmm. I I, I gotta throw out you know a big one right now would be uh, Coney Island poutine. Oh, okay. They're, uh, they're a little poutine shop that, uh, I guess there's two, no, there's, there was two of them. There's one of them again. Uh, would be the first one that really comes to mind. Uh, one of those places that has like 30 different types of poutine and it's usually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question number eight, uh, which celebrity has come from the city of Regina? Hmm. Let's go with Ryan Getzlaff. Ooh. Let's, uh, let's pick a sports guy. Well, you I know go... there's plenty, plenty better ones, but, uh. No, that's fair. You could go with uh, Getzlaff's brother Chris as well. Well, yeah, that would work well for a CFL show. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great for a yeah, CFL chat. A we, we've been talking more NHL. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, okay, now this is... <laughs> we've, I've had some really good uh, answers on this one. 
Uh, question number nine. Does the city of Regina have a water tower? And if so, what is the best graffiti to have ever been spray painted on it? <laughs> if we have a water tower, I have never seen it. Wow. Okay. Don't think that we do. We do. We're, we Saskatchewan. We've got uh, our grain elevators instead of. Uh, True. Instead of the water towers, but you don't spray paint those. Those are. Uh, th- those are uh, God territory. Yeah, we've we've had some interesting ones on that one. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and uh, finally, the last question: uh, If you were uh, visiting from out of town, uh, what is the first thing that you would recommend to someone visiting Regina? Keep driving. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you could see. Regina's still boring. Right? <laughs> I, I've lived here for thirty-four years, and you know what? I I keep coming back, so there must be something good here. Um, to do one thing in the city of Regina, I mean, you, you got to check out Mosaic Stadium. Yeah. I know that's a cheap answer, but uh, I uh, I I drive by it multiple times every day, and I still just sit and stare and go, "This is in Regina." Like I I grew up with it. Regina was that small town city where you know good things didn't really happen, and to to now go down Sass Drive and see this, you know world quality football stadium just amazes me every time and aren't you guys glad that you didn't host that uh green bay packers uh raiders game (laughs) as a packers fan i was a little bit sad that it didn't come here but then watching as the packers sat all of their start if i would have paid that kind of money and not seen a single pass from aaron Rodgers or uh a handoff to Aaron Jones or anything like that, I would have been mad. Because there was a part where I considered driving out to Winnipeg and then to hear the, the field size change and the Packers sitting all their players because there's a little bump in the end zone. That's why I love the CFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, we play in the fog. We play in whether you can barely see their bump in the end zone and we're keeping our starters off the field. But the one thing that that did give us is Aaron Rodgers rocking the Canadian tuxedo. Oh, that was a that was a thing of beauty. I love that man. <laughs> Even if you're he, not a Packers fan, he knows how fan. to play to his crowd. <laughs> oh man! Well, again, uh, this has been our segment on the road again. And uh, Steve, I got to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast uh, this week, episode number forty-five. And uh, where can the people find you on the social medias? Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me. I'm at on Twitter mostly at Safamod. Uh, if you ever want to listen to our show, uh, search all of the social media tools for Piffles Pod um, and shoot us a message. We love talking to anybody about anything. It doesn't even have to be football. That's my favorite part of our show is we'll answer random questions. Okay. You, know, you got to know how many, how many French fries we had at supper last night. We'll tell you. I mean, that's just have some fun. And yeah, if you ever, uh, if you're looking for us, that's where to go. There you go. Uh, are you guys on the Instagram as well or just on the Twitter? Uh, uh, for the podcast, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, online. We have a website, pifflespodcast.com, where we try to update as often as possible. Well, there you go. Uh, again, and you've been listening to our podcast. Uh, we are on uh, SoundCloud. We are on Google Play Music. And, of course, we are on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And you can find us on Twitter. And slowly I'm getting Facebook on there. But, again, with next few weeks, uh, <laughs> potential baby coming, uh, yeah, that kind of took a bit of a backseat. So, uh, 
anyways again steve thanks for coming on and uh, i gotta ask do you have any requests to end the show for a song oh man put me on the spot again yeah you know what it's saskatchewan if you find anything by the sheepdogs throw it up there oh i'm doing that all right guys well again uh thanks steve for coming on and uh, here's some sheepdogs I said, wait.